I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Kevin. I'm Anita. And it's time for episode number 344 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast where we talk about the hot dogs we've eaten recently. I I was told that we would be eating hot dogs, but I don't see any. There's not a microwave in this terrible studio. <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to cook. We're not allowed to cook any food in here. I'm sorry. There's a sink, but there's no disposal, so it's no good for hot dogs. <laughs> so we can give you some cold dogs. Oh, that's mm. this is gonna be bad. Yeah, it's gonna be bad. I apologize. It. I kind of want there to be a no hot dogs policy in here, even if we did have a microwave, because the smell of microwaving hot dogs would seep into the acoustic foam, and then it would just always oh. smell like hot dogs in here. You think? You think the acoustic foam absorbs odors? Yeah, I think that's what it's for. Okay. I mean, it's definitely not absorbing sound. Right, so. yeah. It's, it's a first <laughs> job of doing... is basically the same way? stuff. So. Yeah, they're just different frequencies of the same... In space, yeah, no one like can physics smell constructs. you scream. God, I'm so into this uh, science lesson. <laughs> right. We've, we've, we've learned a lot here today. Yeah. Um, we just got back from uh, XOXO and PAX, sort of. Uh, Kevin and I were just PAX adjacent. That's um, why we did not record an episode last week. Right, yeah. Um, and Anita, you were at, at PAX... Sort of. Yeah, also I sort was of. Pax adjacent. I also went on the Pax show floor for like an hour. Mm. Also, I'm Anita Sarkeesian, just in, I'm just, a, just my name. Sure. I have a person I'll, that does I'll type things. It, I'll type it everywhere. Oh, cool. I just, you know, in case people want to know. You don't need to know. I'll take it back. It's fine. <laughs> I was also Pax adjacent. Uh, went onto the show floor for like, I don't know, an hour and then disappeared. Was there anything exciting on the show floor? <clears throat> Games. Okay. If you find games games. exciting. We can't talk about games yet, guys. Um, I'd never been to PAX before. At all. Really? Uh, Yeah, I don't go because of the politics of PAX. And also, I don't really feel safe there. Okay. You know, Uh, That makes sense. The PAX crowd tends to be relatively... Okay, I think, but that's maybe just yeah, my minor experience in the yeah. Indie Mega Booth. So maybe, like, I don't know anything. I, I feel like I made this decision years ago at the height of the hatred. Um, sure. But it still doesn't feel like I, I definitely walk around with friends to make sure I'm not alone at any point. But anyways, I went, I saw, um, I played a few games that were fun. Um, I played some games from friends that I haven't played oh. before. So, like, Patrick Ewing's Neocab I played yeah. there, which was lovely. Um, I checked out the Goose Game, which was Yay. fucking awesome. Oh, I can't um, wait for that. Yeah, it's really, it's super good. And they had their merch. Man, Panic is with it. Yeah, their know. merch <laughs> is, um, they have a, you could buy their socks and the end of the socks turn into a sock puppet that is a goose. Yeah, that's and pretty good. And it's the best. Wait, so it works as a sock puppet, but also works as a sock? Yes. It, like it has an articulated mouth? Correct. Is it like toe Well, you can socks, make it. Ha- it no, 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 no. You can just stick your hand in it and make it work. It's literally a sock. I don't know. Puppet. How. It's a sock puppet. A sock. <laughs> I think of a sock puppet as having like a bifurcation sewn into it. No. No. We're I mean, like, sock puppets come from socks. They're just, I know they're, they're just ma- regular I know they're that people made make of socks, and they but riff, pretend to riff, be. Things. Riff, back me up here. Uh, Didn't uh, Syphil and Ollie have like you, you sew like a I, Pac-Man onto the sock? I, I think Syphilin, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I think Syphilin Ollie is the opposite example. I think I'm pretty sure Syphilin <laughs> Ollie were, were, they were, they were just the toe of the sock were tucked into the guy's hand like, like the goose sock puppet we're talking about. I'm going to bring okay. them into the office so that you can experience okay, a sock I'll, puppet. I'll I mean, I you, you could be... sew eyes on them and like bedazzle them if you want. Well, but then they would Ooh. be terrible socks, right? Like that's the. <laughs> Correct. I think you kind of choose if you want a sock or a puppet. I think you got to like make a hard choice there. 
you don't get to choose between washings. Oh, that's true. I guess you could do that. Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I would probably wear a puppet on my foot. I don't know that I would puppetize a sock. <laughs> <that I'd laughs> wear. Yeah, what is the verb? What is the verb form of puppetry? You wouldn't puppet a sock. Uh, Remember okay, when now, I asked what your podcast was mm-hmm, like? It's this. I've, I've got it. Uh, I'm doing it. I can do this. It, you figured it out. <laughs> Panic's decision to publish Untitled Goose Game is like such a genius move because now they have like prestige, like literature game for adults, and then like goofy goose game for dipshits, and so they can just do <laughs> they can just do anything. It's from now on so good though. The game is so it's just a delight to play. My prediction and like. That- I completely failed at the missions that you need oh, to yeah. do. And it doesn't matter because it is so enjoyable just yeah. like walking around and fucking with the gardener. Yep. I think um, that the that panic is going to do just about anything. That's my plan. My they have a good eye for choosing games, I think. And, yeah. and they know how to like, you know, their booth was lovely. Uh, you know, they, they, their, their like press area was inside of a shed. Because oh. it's a goose game, you know, like yeah. they're just they're they're really good with that kind of stuff. That's super clever. Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the um, were you at that Firewatch sort of pre the GDC one? From yeah, the years ago? The G- the, where they they built out a forest. The, yeah, they basically made a forest inside a venue it here. Sounded amazing. It was really good, real real good. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of Imagineers that work at Panic that like are just really good huh. with like space design yeah. and, and environmental design. Yeah. Jake, Jake also had a lot to do with that, I think, in the yeah. booth stuff. Like, oh, cool. Because he's also just, he's, you know, he would be an Imagineer in a different life. Sure. No, he's just an Imagineering enthusiast. Jake's one of those guys that I'm always like, what does Jake do? But he, like, he brings things together. Jake's Jake's a game designer. He was the, he was the beating heart of Campo Santo. <laughs> and, now, and now he is one of several beating hearts of Valve. <laughs> Ouch. Well, let's not discuss he's that. Just, hey, now he's just one valve in the beating heart of valve. Oh. <laughs> how about um, the other game that I played, which was, uh, is it Overland? It's being oh. published by Kinji? Finji, uh, over, Jesus. Overland. Yeah. Overland, yeah. that's Finji. it. Finji. Yeah. Uh, I played a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah, Overland yeah. by Kinji, Overland by Finji. I, yeah, it's whatever. Like a I don't remember situation. I did two conferences back to back. My brain's a little fried. Yeah. Um, but I played a little bit of that. And like, I really don't like turn-based games. It's not my thing. Um, but I could see enjoying this game. Is it, so is that's it combat in it? Yeah. Yes. You're fighting like, mo- like weird little monsters. So I, we saw it a little bit at South by Southwest. They were across the aisle from us. And like, I had, I had gotten into one of the rounds where, cause they did the weird early access thing where they sold like a hundred copies of it today or whatever, right. or a thousand. <laughs> and so I got it like, I don't know, year, year and a half ago and didn't, like I bounced off of it pretty quick, but then playing it at South by Southwest was like, wow, this is a lot more fun. Huh. I wonder, it was. was it a demo build that you got if you bought it early or was it just the, it was just the build. Game? It was the build in progress. And I think like they just really cleaned up a lot of the interactions and a lot of the UI. Like it, it just felt way, it felt more like Into the Breach than oh. it did like whatever game it felt like before yeah. that was not as good. I saw it at GDC. I didn't play it, but I saw it being demoed. And the name is so generic to me that I can't ever remember it. Like, I didn't know it was this game that I was like, oh, this looks cool until I was playing it again. And it was like, oh, right. 
Um, and I find that ha- happens with me a lot with games. Like the names just all blur together and it's hard to pick them apart. Well, especially in that like Firewatch, Overwatch, Overland, <laughs> Firelands. Fire, yeah. Like uh, there was, the, there was that like four by four grid on Twitter that like half of the spaces Titanfall. were. Yeah. Titan, <laughs> Titan Lands, Firefall. Yeah. Yeah. Souls. 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 Yeah. yeah. Dark Souls, Dark Fall. Good. Dark Watch. Um, yeah, then we went to XOXO, which in was fantastic. It, so that is a conference for uh, artists and uh, creators who make <laughs> would, things. Would you like on me to internet. take this over? <laughs> I, I would. It's an arts and uh, it's an arts and tech festival for internet creators. Okay, how's that? That's much better. Yeah, fast. you're welcome. <laughs> I've had to explain it to a lot of people, and so I've been able to like distill it down to that. Good. Well, I would I have explained it to people by texting them a link to the Wikipedia article about it. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. It's, wow. The fact that you only communicate to people via text is a little strange. And and in the subset of that, only through Wikipedia. Did you read the Wikipedia article ahead of time to determine whether it was actually accurate? Uh, well, it's. I would say I did, and I would say that it was accurate, but not very helpful. Wow! Um, wow! So, so you sent them. You're sending them on. Yeah, a, I'm like, here's you know whatever. Some misinformation. <laughs> I, I don't care to explain this or not deliberately mislead you about it. <laughs> Um, EXO is delightful. Uh, we'd all been several times before, I think. And this year was very different because it was so much bigger than historically. But, um, one, one of my, one thing that I love about, uh, let me start that again. One thing I loved about this year is that usually they have arcade night, which are video games, and then they have tabletop, which are tabletop games. Um, and they're each one night mm. and they're also competing with other programming, but because they had an increased space and increased capacity, both of those ran for two nights. So there was a lot more opportunity to check them out. And it's such a wonderfully curated set of games that I, I like to spend more time in that space. So that was, yeah. that was nice. It's good. It was in like a basketball stadium. Well, or it was a, in a Coliseum. A hockey that- stadium, the, Col- the veterans Memorial Coliseum. It was yeah. where the veterans play hockey against each other. <laughs> uh, to- to compete for benefits. Yeah. It's like Jeez. death matches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they had a ton of, they had a ton of space and it was like all real weird. Like the tabletop room, you had to go through this real lounge, like seventies loungy ass room that was all wood paneled. And there were like, all these weird tables and cabinets with books, yeah, weird pieces of furniture. Books yeah, what was them. that? Did they I, put that room together? No, that's just part of the Coliseum. I it's just, the, what do they do in there traditionally? That's where all of the secret Mason meetings take place during oh, the hockey games. Mm-hmm, that's mm. gotta be it. Right. Cause no one can hear the rituals while there's like a crowd. Oh yeah. Noises. Yeah. <laughs> and that's true. The, the Zamboni covers their, um, <laughs> right, their, 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 their chants. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but there was one tabletop game that I really liked called uh, Quest, which is oh. it's a very reduced, simplified version of D&D um, where most of the math is stripped out of it. And it's a really easy way for people to come into like pen and paper games or role playing games. And I thought it was really delightful as someone who's very new to D&D. Roll dice and things? There's one dice. There's a 120. There's a D20 okay. dice. and um, And then you have like... There are set roles and you pick your role and it comes with a set 
uh, set of spells or actions that you can take. So it's already sort of pre-laid out. You don't have to do like character creation, but there is still the freedom to role play as you would. So if you're like the doctor, you get to name the doctor, you get to determine like how the doctor acts or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, as someone who's very new to D and D this year and like getting, it can be really overwhelming. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Why has this not been? I mean, it may have been done before, but I didn't see it. So there was speaking of that at sort of ancillary to XOXO, there was this charity D and D event that, um, the, one of the guys from the Decemberists put on in his crazy indoor skate park. What? He, it's a weird space. The, so this is like a Chicago charity that they, did an instantiation of in Portland, right? This okay. Level, level yeah. eaters, which are, that's level a real eaters. bad name in terms of meaning anything <laughs> about anything. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but the way that it worked, it was, there was this sort of weird, like, all right, you are, they, they sold, they wanted to sell maybe a hundred tickets to it. And I would say that there were maybe 70 or 60 or 70 people playing. Okay. And so everybody was at different tables and everyone was playing the same set of characters and, choosing from a sort of a menu of quests and the idea was that yeah there's this great evil descending on this city and we have to prepare to fight against it and the more like you're all different sort of parallel realities of this city and the more uh, people do the quests the more points you get to determine whether you win at the end and do uh, they renormalize it for the smaller crowd um yes okay they must have. It's also a fundraiser too. Like yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. It's a fundraiser, and they have like you know celebrity DMs, and yeah, you have to pay you could, more to be in their group. Kind you of could thing. pay twice as much to like uh, Keith Baker ran one of the tables, and Patrick Rothfuss ran one of them, and then a uh, third celebrity I had never heard of. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who it was either. <laughs> I think it might be somebody who's like important in the D and D. Because I mean, that's kind of roll your eyes. <laughs> no, that's kind of where Keith Baker, right? Like Keith Baker is well known in like Dungeons and Dragons circles and board game circles, but not. I don't know, Patrick. Yeah, Rothfuss yeah. You, if Patrick you didn't Rothfuss know, feels his... like a slightly higher tier category of celebrity for that. So I was hoping to get at Keith's table because I've never actually. He did a he did a thing that he described to us once where he just spent like a year driving around. And he was like, all right, anybody who wants to let me stay at your house, I will run D&D for you while I'm at your house. And so he Aww. just like couch surfed dungeon mastering for fans all over the country what? on this that just like crazy long road trip. kind of cool. Yeah. Huh. Seemed, seemed, seemed pretty good. He's, he's such a good dude. I would imagine he would be a very good DM. Uh his what his I I love Illimat. Um, oh yeah, he taught, he taught, you were, games. yeah. It was the three of us that he taught to play Illimat during the Joko cruise at that like weird bar in Mexico. Yeah, that that's true. That did definitely happen. <laughs> I I love that game. I saw it early at XOXO. Actually, is where I met Keith. Um, the few years previous, and uh, he's delightful. He'd be a great DM. Yeah, and I think he is also like affiliated with the Decemberists because he made Illimat because like through that collaboration with the Decemberists, with yeah. the Decemberists yeah. and so that's yeah. anyway. Uh, it was cool. He's also was... known for Gloom, Glo- Gloom, Gloom, oh, yeah, 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 as well, yeah. which was a pretty popular. And he popular made the like Eberron D and D setting, which uh, he I... also made something called Phoenix or something, which is another oh, no, people like tabletop card thing yeah, that has a, something uh, to do with like when you die, you don't die, you come back. I don't. I didn't play. It. I, I bought that. Yeah, I bought. I backed the Kickstarter because I mean, I'll just like buy whatever he does, but it's still just yeah. like sitting on my shelf unopened because I don't even know you. what it is. I, like, <laughs> I, it's like is this thing you play by yourself with other friends? I don't know. 
I believe it is. Yes. You play with <laughs> other of, people. It's one of those two things. It's one of those two well, things. Yeah. I, I, neither of them works for me. <laughs> <laughs> You can't stand to be by yourself. Uh, yeah, with I am constantly surrounded by people that I don't like, so I can't. Uh, I can't play it with friends or by myself. Um, but the welcome to our podcast. Yeah, it was, there was only there was there was like four hours to play Dungeons and Dragons, which oh, seems that, like a really long time to sign up for an event. But then it's not actually a long time. It's not. Whoa, like. I didn't know what it was when I got into it. And I'm like, oh, we're going to play for five hours and move two minutes in the game. Are you what? And like, I finally learned to stop asking 5,000 questions to slow everything down so that we can like actually progress. But uh, that took me, that took me a little getting used to. I was a little worried because it was like, we're trying, we're going to try to get through like four or five of these quests in four hours. I'm like, Ugh. Uh, we kept picking the like non-combat ones where it's like mostly just like, ah, solve a couple riddles and then you finish it. And the, the DMs that were running it were like very much like moving it along and preventing people from getting like tied up in the minutia. But like people invariably want a little bit of that. So mm-hmm. it's like, ah, let's spend a bunch of time doing math collaboratively. And I'm just like, ah. I'm mm-hmm. looking at my clock. Give us some riddles. <laughs> Give me the riddles and puzzles. That's what I want. I sat in on a friend's D&D game in Seattle. I'm so hooked now. I like, I bought a mini from what Heroes Forge, like <laughs> for my character. And what? I'm like, my friend is, is making me like a dice tower. Of parts? What? Is Hero Forge the thing where you custom make a character out of little parts and they 3D print it for you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's what's, super cool. What's, and what's your character like? Uh, her name is Rhyme and she is r y m e okay. and she is um an ald which in this so my dm created a whole sci-fi world um she's an ald which means that like you don't really know where you came from you don't know your lineage and you don't oh. really remember childhood you're just kind of an adult but an ald can be any species so all of the alien species have their versions of an ald so i'm a human ald um which and so i have like metal pieces on me um and i'm I'm a druid, but that means that I'm, I can talk to technology instead of talking to animals in oh, this red. world. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So like, I couldn't quite get, like in the, in Heroes Forge, it was sort of limited. I say that in quotes because there's so many options, but because this is a drastically new entirely world, right. I couldn't quite get what I wanted. But my character does have a, <laughs> a mohawk with ports on, like oh, out of wow. ports. So now like designing the, the mini gave me so many more ideas about like what I can do as a character in the world. So that was kind of cool. But, but anyways, I'm getting all hooked. (laughs) And so I like, I guessed it in a friend's game and I was like, Oh, like this is what traditional D and D feels like. And also this is super fun too. So now I'm like, let me play all of your D and D games. Cause I'm getting really into this. Did you play uh Jen Sandercox? Taste bud is blind. I didn't. I didn't want to um, eat the I didn't, food. <laughs> I didn't either. Which but, apparently you can do it without eating it. Uh, you, yeah, yeah, but you could like, spit I, it out. No, well, I think no, you, you can, can choose just not for other the, people. Do Kevin, you want to explain what yeah, the game Kevin, is? Kevin should explain how. Yeah, this is. needs an explanation now. <laughs> so, so, so hold on. Let me just say, Jen Sandercock is a game designer who started doing edible food games. Yes. Um, also, if you listen to my pa- podcast, Feminist Frequency Radio, we have an interview with her oh. coming up. Um, but she does... Um, these really cool and they're all kind of all over the map. And so she created a cookbook of edible games that you can 
uh, you can pre-order now. Uh, and she does all these cool little things. So yeah. Yeah. So this one, there were two variants of it. One was with, uh, food and one was with beverages. She was referring to them as the solids version and the liquids version. (laughs) And we were like, Jen, you have to stop saying solids in describing food. No one is going to, she's like, what beverage? She considers beverages to be food. Right. Like food is an all-encompassing term that includes beverages. She's Australian, so they don't know what yeah. words mean. I mean, <laughs> we, do we, just in, we do that in KOL. I right? guess that's true. Yeah, uh, but, but uh, wow, you got well, you got <laughs> called out. Yeah, dude. I know. I got you know. <laughs> your your stomach is where all of that's food and beverages go. Whereas that's true. But booze, boo, I would say that in the real world, booze is beverages. That I think that this was supposed there was supposed to be a food version of Jen's game and a booze version of Jen's game, yeah. but they weren't allowed to have booze right. in the Yes. Uh, she suggested there's no bring, champagne in the sex your room. Own, and I, and the I don't know what list. that would have meant because it would have changed yeah, the game pretty dramatically. Yeah. Uh, but so the 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 way that it worked, at least on the I only played the beverage version of it uh there were a set of ingredients in the the middle of the table uh and one person would be designated as the judge or the taster the taste bud the taste bud there's a blindfold labeled taste bud oh yeah uh (laughs) so then there's a there's it's it is similar to the games like apples to apples or cards against humanity where one person is sort of uh, asymmetric in that one person is going to be making a bunch of judgments and the other people are going to be composing things for that person Uh, and so the person in the who's going to be tasting things can sort of veto ingredients that they don't want to be part of it because they're allergic or don't like them or whatever like no pickle juice no vinegar this time yeah and so then they put their blindfold on and silently the other people decide what uh, things are going to be available as sort of a palette of ingredients. Uh, and so in our group, there were four people and their palette is supposed to be six ingredients. And so everybody would just choose one and then we would sort of silently sort of just come to a consensus on the remaining ones. And then you, you can make a, a drink or a, I guess a bowl of food. They were, um, the drinks were in like little communion plastic cups. Yeah. Um, the food one, the, the, taste bud also selects a base which is either like a dorito or an animal cracker or some celery or uh a rice cracker okay or a fifth thing that i don't remember what it was all right uh and so then you you sort of concoct a mixture of those things and as a as a non-taste bud you concoct a mixture and then you present it to the blindfolded player and they then taste all of them and rank them from the thing that they like the most to the thing that they like the least. And the more ingredients that you use, the, or the, the number of ingredients that you use is then multiplied by a sort of scoring factor, which is like if, if this was the best thing, you get a high multiply, multiplier. And if it was the least favorite thing, it would be multiplied you get by no zero. Points, yeah. yeah, I get zero. Um, this game is so different from the game of hers that I played because at GDC she was um, showing Patisserie Code, yeah. which which is like an escape room style game, right? Where you're solving puzzles and like your cream puff is a part of the code and the evidence that you're right, like completely different. Yeah. So it's really fascinating to see how many different things she's doing with and food. Her, yeah, her other her thing that we saw at, at uh, Indicate a couple of years ago Order was just like a sort of a straight up board game where you're just eating the pieces and yep. and sliding them back in to fill the space. Yeah, they're super wide diversity of game 
options, it seems like. I think everyone went into Taste Bud is Blind thinking, oh, the beverage one is going to be the one to do. But then everyone left thinking, oh, the food one was actually way, way more interesting oh, than the huh. beverage one. I'm, I'm, I'm sad that you didn't get a chance to do the food one because you end up eating some really gross shit. But like, <laughs> it's and like, it's not in, it's not in anybody's best interest to try to like, feed you something gross unless they're right. just like trying not to win but sometimes it's like well i'm gonna try like people have picked a weird set of ingredients so i'm gonna see what like an animal cracker with some easy cheese and some pepper on it tastes like and like okay. you don't know it's terrible until andrew sedotal eats it don't and you? winces and <laughs> then is mad know? at you for the rest of the conference well, <laughs> it feels like a thing where when you're making food or drinks for strangers you're really mm. it's sort of a crapshoot about what they do and do not like yeah right? that's that's a much different dynamic if you're playing with strangers yeah it's also weird to Put on a blindfold in a crowded room and then sit there and wait for a bunch of other people to put some food in your mouth or you know, like in front of you. It's like, wow, I really – I would not do this at a lot of events. Like the fact that I just sort of inherently trust everyone at XOXO to not – I don't know. Here's here's a used sock puppet that I like. – Okay, but if it's a used sock puppet, does that mean it's used as a puppet or used as a sock? It's been used as a sock puppet, but all the sock puppet was doing was picking up dirty socks and putting them in, in piles. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'm I'm excited. Like I backed the Kickstarter for Jen's cookbook because I think it's cool and she's great and I wanted it to be a thing that existed but believed that I would probably never actually make or play any of the games in it but this is like a thing that I would do at a party with normal people like this is a it's fun and it's pretty easy to set up all you need is like a bunch of different little yeah, containers of like of chocolate mixers. chips and yeah yeah, yeah. ketchup and like it sounds like a cool way to like do something different at your party I right, or like to impress your friends at at a party. Well, sort of not not a not a designed party, but we happened to have a bunch of people over once. Uh, we actually played a game like that, except it was much more straightforward. We're just we dug out every kind of booze and every possible theoretical mixer we had, and the only rule was you could mix anything you wanted and everybody had to taste it, but you had to drink the rest of it yourself. Uh. <laughs> huh. So there were some bad combinations. Oof. That's, that's clever. Somebody, I, f- I wish that I could remember, we were describing this game to somebody and they said, oh, that reminds me of a baby shower game. And I immediately thought, oh God, is this that thing where they melt? different candy bars onto a diaper and you have to eat it and try to figure out what kind of candy bar it was because that is awful and it wasn't that but I don't remember what it actually was so (laughs) this story was mainly for me to bring up that diaper thing. Wait, you don't want to eat melted chocolate and pretend it's shit on a diaper? That's not appealing to you? Honestly, I don't mind it. It's uh, like (laughs) I wouldn't want to... face right now. So, so right, you have all been to the Exploratorium, right? Except for Riff, probably. At the Exploratorium, there is a drinking fountain that is just a toilet with a drinking fountain in it. No, it's an actual toilet. toilet. It's an actual toilet bowl with a drinking fountain nozzle on the rim. And it was like, do you dare to drink out of this? Most people don't. Like, the fuck? Like, yes, of course. Like, it's... What happens so, it's psychological. Well, when you see people walking by and just peeing in it. Yeah, that's... that is less psychological and more logical. I mean, to be fair, I like most places I go, I pee in the drinking fountain. So it's like this is just really 
this is just quid pro quo for me. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. If it was instead of that, it was a kitchen sink. Would you feel comfortable drinking out of that? <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah, that, that, that diaper thing is not actually that revolting. I don't think. Cause it's, it's just, not, it's just it's dumb. I hate those fucking games. I went to a baby shower not that long ago and was so relieved that the party games were not were the party total games? dumbest thing I've ever seen. What was it? Pin the diaper on the No, it was like donkey. there's a bag of there's a, a diaper bag full of stuff and you get to like you have to guess what's inside of it. Okay. It, it's harmless, right? It's like right. that kind of thing. There's like some, by feeling around it like yeah, or, but you can only like, feel on the outside. Like, here's it was a really, bag. Guess what's in it? Like, this is not a very good game. It's guys. not. It wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, the best part was Ebony just writing a list of really funny things, mm. uh, like unicorn hair and nipple clamps. I don't know. There's just it was funny. Ebony's much funnier <laughs> than that. So that was the part that I enjoyed was me and my friend being like trolling trolling this, uh, the yeah, game. Oh, yeah. Playing, Definitely. yeah playing your own game in the context of a different game I uh, oh there was one. another one where it was a bunch of jars of baby food and you had to guess like that. which they were but all of them look like orange mush so it's really hard to tell them apart that was the one that that was the actual thing that the person telling the story okay. was <laughs> talking about that makes nice. sense actually we and got it's there kind of yeah, interesting yeah it is also weird to it's like Playing that is sort of like, you know, the experience of when you pick up a glass and you think it's yeah. water and it's actually milk and it just tastes like the worst thing in the world <laughs> for a second. This is also just that, except it's not bad. It's just you're like kind of on edge. So <laughs> even stuff that tastes kind of bad is like, oh, weird. What is this? I Somebody gave me. When you were playing the game. Yeah. Okay. I it I. I ate it and I was like, huh, was that just an animal cracker with a raisin on it? And no, what it in fact was, was an animal cracker with a marshmallow slathered in Vegemite on wow. it. Wow. But huh. it just tasted like that a raisin so to me. Weird. And yeah, it, so like huh. everybody, I said, hmm, is that just a, is that that? And everybody just laughed because <laughs> I feel like they were waiting for me to go like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hmm, do you have to guess what it is? No, but it's more fun if you do. Yeah. Like if you talk about it. And also what we found was it's, it's very hard to like keep track in your head of like, oh, these five things that I just ate in a row. Now I'm going to rank right. them in order. So we just started doing like a running total. It's like, eat the first one. Well, that's the best one so far. And the worst one. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> joked. And then you eat the second one. And it's like, all right, that's better than the first one. And then you eat the third one. It's like, all right, orders now three, one, uh, two or whatever. Like, so we, so. with the drinking one, we often would do two or three rounds. So you could yeah. really compare them. Well, cause you could sip more easily yeah. because these were pretty small and you kind of had to eat the whole thing at once. So. Yeah. It was also the only rules issue that I had was that there was no specification about how much of anything you had to use. So you could just put a drop of something in there and then that counted as yeah. an extra ingredient for you. And I was like, eh, it's not really an ingredient. That, that seems me. like a bit of a cop out. Yeah, exactly. Well, you should, you should, uh, post that publicly on the, <laughs> the forum about the sure. game. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Anyway, what a delight that was. Yeah. Jen, I love Jen's games. I have yet to not enjoy uh, one of the games that I have played that she's made. My favorite game of the year so far was there, yeah. which is Kids by oh. Playables, It was which so is also different. my nail art. 
I actually took a photo of the game to a nail artist and was like, put these on my nails. Do you have a good picture of it? We could put it in yeah, our show I'll send notes. Them to you. Um, how do you play that game? It's, it's hard on an to iPad tell from looking. Oh, no, I mean, touch it. like, what do you do? You touch an iPad. There's, do you okay. know this technology? There's a lot screens? of, it's there's a, bunch a lot of playful of, experiences. Yeah. It's, so the, the game is, um, these little, fi- these little black outlined figures and kind of Keith Haring looking. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, the game is about group dynamics. So you like, you, you touch them and like they'll fall into a hole and it, you, you know, you'll, other ones you sort of veer off, like they're all walking and you veer them off the path. Um, there's a new thing that they added in this build, which is these like birthing things where they're like going through these tubes. It's very, uh, Oh, right. I saw a bunch of like, textual. just like it looked like the player was in control, in control of like the peristalsis of like a weird, intestine that yes, little that people is were being exactly it. squoze down. It was awesome. Um I and so yeah, so you're just moving through these different arena these different sorts of experiences with these characters and I just find it so delightful and interesting and it's just I love it. There was another game being shown there called Nour Nour N O U R which I think that the controller was like a four by four grid of lit up buttons that also had a tilt sensor in it, but it was just these extremely high res rendered scenes where there's like a glass and like maybe one button pours some liquid into it and one puts a sprig of rosemary and one drops a lemon wedge and you just hammer on it and just end up with this pile of shit bouncing around. Yeah, it's beverage. basically a game where you play with your food. Um, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, nor is the word for food in Farsi. Uh, I might be <clears throat> making okay. that up, but I'm pretty sure it is. Um, but it, yeah, it's so the last time I saw it, it was not that beautifully rendered. Like it looks amazing. It is crazy how good it looks. Yeah. It was blown up. It was blown up on a giant projection screen. And that we'd heard people saying like there were some of the people who were exhibiting there that were like, fuck, we did not know our game was going to be on a screen this big. This does not look good. Yeah. Uh, but this one was, it was insane. It was like striking how good. It worked so well in that environment. And also like, so one of the ones that is like the one of the more popular ones is um, ramen. You have like a bowl oh, yeah, of ramen yeah. and you're playing these huge cuts of meat that just fall and everything <laughs> falls. And um, it's it's really lovely. There's like a breakfast table one where you can just like, oh, let's drop 400 pancakes on this table and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And they all just bounce around. Did you all see the game in the far corner where it's like cubicle, like it's cubicles. Yeah. And so you're you're working. So you have to like type emails as fast as you can. And then you have to like go file like papers. You just hammer on the keyboard, right? Like it's not, yeah, you don't yeah. actually type anything. It's hacker it's typer. Just, yeah, nice. Yeah. But then there's like literally like a, so it's it's literally cubicles with four people in them and there's a phone and there's like a filing cabinet off to the side. And I don't know what the fuck was happening there, but it was fascinating to watch. Uh, did yeah, you I, play it? I didn't. I just watched people You saw play people play it. And I, was, I was super into it. it there was, there's like fake uh, sort of instant messages between the people who are playing and people are like, requesting objects and you have to find them in the off they're in the separate little cubicles and hand them to people and i, I don't know if there's a score or not yeah i'm I, bummed i didn't play it because it it's something that to, you could only play track. in a space like yeah. that right yeah. it's, it's sort of it's so physical yeah yeah thing it's so good i forget what it was called it was like workload or busy work busy oh work that yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah, yeah, yeah. We played, <clears throat> Kevin and I played a game, this co-op platformer game called Pikuniku, Pikuniku uh, which is like a weird, 
you are these little like ovoid guys. It's really cute that just have two legs and it's kind of physics-y in the sense of like you'll move and they'll run, but it like matters where their legs are. So they don't quite stabilize until they get their legs back under them. So it's like very slightly awkward. And you have a button to like kick, which projects a bunch of force in one direction. And so a lot of the puzzles are like somebody has to like one of you has to get on top of the other and then kick downward to like propel off of. Although I don't know why you couldn't do that off the ground. I think that is not actually true. I think the bottom one has to kick or you have to jump and then the other guy jumps off the top of you or whatever. And there's just a lot of Why like, is it gotta be a guy? Get this thing onto the Yeah, you're right. <laughs> get okay. this thing onto this button to release a ball that lands on another button that releases the exit. And then you get on a boat and you sail away. And that's the end of the level. Yeah. I remember being really cute. I didn't play it, but like the the leg animations were really well yeah, done. Yeah, it's very it's very like a Sesame Street cartoon or something like. Yeah. Um, and apparently uh Alan Hazelden uh was saying that the single player part of it is way more sort of lush and oh, huh. cute and there's more this like sort of more characters to interact with and stuff. These were very much like like an N plus puzzle or something like very kind of stark geometric environments with just like here's a here's a button and here's a crate and here's some spikes or whatever that um yeah that was a lot of fun we're talking about so many games on this episode of video games hot dog <laughs> this is uncharacteristic how dare us well i could talk about a comic if you want instead uh-huh uh, I, i'm still waiting for the hot dog talk but we'll know. get there we'll get there i swear cool. Uh, so, uh, I was, uh, I was given a, a couple of issues of this comic called Incredible Doom. Uh, it's, uh, sort of a comic by Matthew Bogart and Jesse Holden, uh, which is about, uh, sort of teens in the 90s making bad decisions on the early sort of internet. Uh, it's, sounds amazing. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really, really good. I read, I read through all four of the issues today, actually. Uh, and I am I'm looking forward. I think it's going to be a like nine or twelve part thing in the in the fullness of time. Hmm. Um, but it, I'm super into it. Uh, it. There's some online presence. You can go to incredibledoom.com. I think all of the issues are online if you want to just read it there. Um, but the each, the physical copies are really cool because each one has a little sort of physical artifact from the story. And hmm. sort of in the back of it, which is really, it's good. It's very solid. Um, but then I'll, I'll, everything else I have to talk about is games. So Makes sense, I guess. What yeah. have you been up to, Riff? Mm, nothing notable. Just games. Two We've entire weeks. Two weeks, Riff. Two entire weeks and I've, you've done nothing I, interesting? I have been even more focused on video games these last two weeks than usual. So Wow, that's that's something. Yeah, you finished insane. you finished a couple games in this. I, I did. This I, I, I I blew through a couple of games this week, these two weeks. Well, what games were yeah, they? Yeah, what were they, Riff? Uh I finished uh La Mulana two after roughly hundred and fifty two hours. <laughs> Damn, dude. Yeah. No, uh, it was uh, 152 hours and 46 pages of notes and maps. Wow. 46? Publish them online. Uh, I'd have to scan them all. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Well, scan, scan them all. What's they, they, were a, they were A5 size, so in, in American terms, it was like 23 pages, but... Um, What's A... What? Yeah, what? <laughs> That's a standard sheet of paper, I think, right? What is... Yeah, what is A5? A, Eight and a half by 11? It's um, 
A4 is very nearly eight and a half by 11, and then A5 is half of that. So, oh, I confused those. So five is half of four? Yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Also, like- A is half of A. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Um, uh, what, so what'd you think of La Mulana 2? You I loved it? It was pretty good. It was, uh, I, I think, uh, <laughs> despite their apparent intention that it would not be as difficult as the first one, it ended up being a little bit more difficult than the first one because although the, the clues to the puzzles were a little less opaque, uh, the game world is a little bit larger and more open. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit less obvious what you're supposed to be doing at any given time. So like it, like Mm. there, it was frequent that there would be like three or four different, uh, things I was aware of that I needed to get done, but had no information on which one of them was bottlenecking all of the others. So it, it becomes very easy to get stuck trying to solve something that you can't actually get the last bit of it because you haven't done one of the other things yet. That's like an aggravation in any form that it comes yeah. up. Can you, can you, I, I like, I feel like I've asked this exact question several times, but like what, what is like the mechanism by which you solve a puzzle in this game? Yeah. Is okay. it like there's a dial and you have to type a number into it and you have to learn where the the number is somewhere? Or is it like you have a thousand inventory items and you have to figure out which one to use in which spot? Or There's like- a little bit of, of any of that. Um, there's like um, there's a few inventory items that, that you can set in like your you have you have your three like active inventory slots are a thing that you can hold up <laughs> and a weapon and then like a sub weapon which is like a like a throwing star or whatever. And okay. so the thing that you can hold up might be like a, a bank. Uh, uh, it might be like a scanner <laughs> that you can use to to read some writing on a wall or to identify the a uh, a mural that that you're standing in front of that's that's actually there in the background. Or another thing that you might hold up would be a crystal skull that you found that maybe if you hold it up in front of some other thing, it'll react in a particular way or... Uh, if you hold it up in, movie. if you hold it up in front of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you'll realize that it's actually better. Yeah. Than Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm, that's not. That's not real. <laughs> Contentious <laughs> viewpoint. But um, the okay. So and then, how many things are there that you can hold up? Like a hundred thousand, or there's maybe like uh, <laughs> maybe six or eight of them that are parts of that are actually parts of puzzles rather than just being devices like the scanner Um, i see are there any that are just for fun like you can just hold up a watermelon and everybody's like impressed like oh cool watermelon (laughs) there is a pepper shaker that you can you can throw pepper on some of the npcs but oh man and if they're a fried egg it it stuns them yeah unfortunately there isn't a fried egg character but i have to assume i feel like i just am getting a really good insight into how Zach's brain works just in this <laughs> very small period of time. But like, what else you play, Riff? The, well, oh no, let me not, see. The, go, keep the, going, buddy. The, the main, the main way the the, the puzzles articulate in this, because like, yeah, you you did ask me like about this in a previous uh, uh, show, but I feel like the example I gave was really shitty. Um, 
But, like, imagine there's a bunch of little stone tablets everywhere that give you, like, the clues for all the various puzzles. And it might be something like one of these tablets tells you a little bit of something about a mythological figure and maybe says, like, you know, he is the, the keeper of the ancient power of whatever. And then another tablet you might find might say something else about uh, an unnamed mythological figure who was particularly weak to, I don't know, being stabbed in the ass or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then maybe there's a third tablet that gives you some information that lets you connect the first two tablets and realize that the guy that they were talking about in the second tablet was actually the first guy as well. And so maybe, and if that third tablet mentions that he was a chariot driver, then maybe you put all this information together and remember that you saw a statue somewhere of a guy driving a chariot. And so if you then with an un, with an unarmored ass. with an unstabbed with an unarmored ass, ass. Yeah. You, yeah. So then you go back to wherever that is and attack the hold, statue's hold ass. Hold up the ass yeah. knife. Yeah. <laughs> and and then a secret huh. door opens or whatever. And it's main, mainly that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, why, they why get did his mother elaborate. dip him in the river sticks by his ass. It's like not even a good place to hold someone. There is literally a li- the uh, the river sticks is is actually yeah. in the game. It it it's it uses like basically every mythology, every pantheon that they could think of is a different area of the game. Like there's an area of the game that's all Egyptian gods and characters, and one that's all the Norse guys and. And uh, hmm. Babylonian figures, and so on, and so all the bosses are are different, uh, uh, often different bad guys from these mythologies, and so on. So it's pretty interesting in that regard. Speaking of uh, dark ritual baptisms, uh, we should mention that the reason that Jim Crawford is not on uh, today's oh, episode yeah. is because his child, uh, Winston Zedemore Ghostbuster, was <laughs> was born a couple days ago and he's very sleepy. No, it's actually when you said the word river, I was reminded that his child Winston River Storm Dancer ah. uh, was born and is very you're cute. Just, you're if, just totally outing this baby and now If Instagram is to be believed, the baby is cute as fuck. It's a it's a pretty good-looking baby. I'm I am, Instagram makes I am, everything look good. Though. I am I am kind of a one of those misanthropes that doesn't think babies are cute, but as babies go, that is that is the least ugly baby I've seen. I'll I'll let him know you said that. No, he'll sure. listen. I don't think he'll listen. He'll listen. He won't. He doesn't have time. He's April he's will listen and then say, "Listen to what this asshole said about our baby." <laughs> it is now your responsibility our, to kick Riff's ghost, ass. Ghostbuster. Yeah. Yes. Um, what other game did you finish, Riff? Uh, I played through all of uh, Abduction. Oh, like wow! Did you like solve all the puzzles and yep. straight through? Did the surrealistic adventure become your world <laughs> yeah it was i i uh i did not expect to get that into it that quickly i was i was doing it as uh since since uh jenny's out of commission i was doing it as a substitute game to fill in for our youtube stuff so i was figuring i'd you know i'd play it like an hour a week just to post the videos but uh i super got into it and just played it straight through basically did you stream the entire thing uh, I didn't stream it, but I recorded the uh, the entire thing, so it's it's going to be going up uh, on YouTube like half hour episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays for the next three months. Do Dang. you 
uh, do you edit these videos? No, I try and specifically pick games that I won't feel the need to edit. <laughs> do you, and you don't broadcast them live. So like right. what, why do you, why have you made that choice instead of streaming? Um, because I don't feel like there's any advantage to streaming it live if like, because I'm not inter because I want to be able to focus on the game. So I don't mm -hmm. want chat to be there. Okay. And so if I'm not going to be paying attention to chat anyway, then why stream? Okay. Basically. Sure. And, 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 uh, and, uh, I think the, the setup that Jenna, Jenny and I usually use with Skype would probably not be compatible anyway, but. Oh, with streaming. Yeah. Sure. What are uh, you're still playing that Tingle game together? Uh, yeah, we beat it, but we were going back through to um, finish all of the optional side stuff because that was where some of the weirdest stuff in that game happens. Is this a Chuck Tingle game? No, it's a, <laughs> it's a Tingle ting, Tingle Tangle Kulu Limpa. Yeah, game the dude from Zelda. Oh, that Tingle. Yeah. Okay. Um, why, why are they named so weird riff? Do you, I mean, this is a real question. Like know. this was ripened tingles balloon trip of love. Yeah. And then is the name of the game. Yeah. They huh. just refer to him as ripened. That's the adjective that's used in the title of the game. And what's the other one? Is it a translation thing? It can't be. Does right? ripen like mean the, something in Japanese? The others are so weird that I feel like it's deliberate, but I don't. I can't think of any of them. I can't remember what the the what the other one is. Um, are there only two Tingle games that I'm aware of? The mm. other the other one is crazy because um, because you have to. Uh, not barter, haggle. You have to haggle with, with everybody. You you finish a quest for a guy and he goes, all right, I'll reward you. How much of a reward are you expecting? And if you ask oh, for no. too much, you get nothing. <laughs> so it's, it's, oh, it's the most oh, it's harrowing like life. <laughs> But after you've already done it, I feel like. It's like life. Yeah. It's like. You don't get, you, if you do a job and then quote you should a should be quoting before you do the job that's true <laughs> you're a bad freelancer but yeah. also sometimes you have to like do a bunch of work to get the job uh, and then you don't true. get the job if you don't okay that's I a good was, point i was trying to make a joke but this got real no yeah well because this is people undervaluing their work is a serious problem yeah people overvaluing the work i guess might be a problem only for white dudes <laughs> I, had a th I had a thing happen the other day that I did not in a million years expect to have happen, which is that I had a contractor do some work on my house here. And when he came back with the final bill, it was half of the original estimate. I'm sorry, what? It, yeah, that doesn't the make final any was like, sense. Yeah, this didn't cost anywhere near as much as I thought it was going to. Here you go. Like, here's your bill. And yeah, it was like $5,000 instead of $11,000. It like crazy. Huh. That's Blah. weird. Real good steps. If you come over to my house, you should just walk up and down the front steps and notice how they're not all spongy and rotten. You've taken steps to make your house better? I have. I've taken steps to make oh, my house better. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, it was very cheap. Yeah, JB, JB Builders, if you're a... Uh, oh, wow. So it's like some advertising. <laughs> you know. Word of mouth. Um, what have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, well, so besides the stuff uh, at 
the at the festival i have played a couple of things uh i played about 10 minutes of uh twitter teaches typing which is a new zach gage game oh, mm. i love it it's games. interesting yeah. uh i'm not a super fast typer i guess uh it is i find it especially difficult to type in a sort of typing tutor game where I have to match other people's oh mistakes, mistakes. Oh, so it's like no. a typing stuff? wow so that's what the game is it's just it's like just gives you a random tweet and you have tweets. to type it wow yeah what a, man it's a wow. it's does rough. it like filter for like it does not just teach you how to profanity, type slurs real profanity fast immediately a bunch of stuff about people wishing hoping that they get out of the path of the hurricane. I was like, this has to be real because... The- oh, it's actually pulling from, from Twitter. Twitter. Fascinating. Yeah. That sounds very Zach. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, did, he like did that art installation that like does... Whatever. Like the e-paper thing that just starts a question and then does oh, the Google... Yeah. Did you yeah. see it? I have never seen it in I, I in saw it life. when it was showing in New York. It uh. was really cool. Uh, so the idea is that he did like these... The autocomplete on uh, Google searches... So how to, and then every day it would refresh the top ones. And so some of them never changed and some of them did. So the installation could be different every day. Mm-hmm. Um, fa- very, very interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and is, it's actually connected to the internet. So it's actually mm-hmm. updating sort of in, in real time. Yeah. Every day. I feel like I've only seen like he posts photos of it to Twitter when it does something particularly interesting. Um, yeah, I didn't know where it was. That's That's good though. I played uh, a relatively new Aaron Steed game, which is not a turn-based platformer. Is it Tapioca Rider? It is Tapioca ah, Rider. Tapioca Rider is pretty good. It's really good. It's uh, it's like desert golf or desert golfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're like driving a go-kart. It's a go-kart. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Why is it called Tapioca Rider? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So it reminded me a little bit of Line Rider, maybe. Okay. But then I was trying to figure out how tapioca and lime could be substituted for each other. I, yeah, I don't know. It, you, maybe you're a little tiny car riding through tapioca. Maybe it's a bowl of tapioca. It, but tapioca is white, and this is yeah, like not brown. It's white and soft, tapioca and this is brown, brown and hard. Can it be brown? I don't. I've never had. Is tapioca <laughs> the name of a? Place? Well, have you had boba? Mm. Well, you should fix that error okay. in your life. Well, you've never had tapioca? No, he's never but had boba. I, probably not. Oh. But boba is brown. Okay. And it's tapioca balls. Okay. Have you ever had rice pudding? Not really. That's not tapioca, although you can have it's tapioca pudding. a lot like rice pudding, though. I feel like tapioca and rice pudding are almost exactly it's the same. Tapioca, but no, kind of okay, but tapioca, no. Is tapioca it? pudding is a lot like rice pudding, but tapioca and rice, while are both kind of starchy. Uh, is, tapioca is tapioca starchy? Is tapioca. I think, so. I think it's a starch. Is tapioca like tapioca doesn't uh, I mean, sound like a word anymore because we've said it too many times. Maybe that's <laughs> why the game is called. This. Is it a sweet? Is it a sweet potato? To is it? Is what? tapioca to sweet potatoes like rice is to potatoes? Wow, buddy. Uh, you mean like is tapioca like a grain that's just naturally like marshmallows? <laughs> yeah, but. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, it is a starch. Man, I'm the best. Tapioca okay. is a starch extracted from cassava root. Okay. Mm. So, and so is this is the pudding like that he was talking about. Sweet potato. Now that's the pudding I was talking about. That is the pudding you were talking about. And there was a picture of the thing. Um, and then that's that's what boba balls look like. And you, people put this in a beverage? 
Dude, have you never had boba? We've no. have we never in no. all is the that years. Is that thing we... that's like orbits? Ah, <laughs> yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, wow. it is. With well, Except... a really thick straw because you have to early. Really yeah, because you need a straw. yeah. Yeah, been... they're against and the it... law in San Francisco now, so every boba place is going to go out of business. Shut up! No, it's not. Straws Plastic are against straws. the law. In San Francisco, they've are you outlawed, serious? Yeah, they've outlawed plastic straws in San Francisco. Are you fucking with me right now? No, it's paper straws. Over I'm and glad it's I'm awful. leaving this damn a, city. It's, yeah, it's a bad scene. <laughs> um, that's going to solve all of the problems yeah, of climate yeah. change. Also, you know, charging for plastic bags is also going to solve problems. Like, shut mm-hmm. the fuck up. I hate this shit. Anyways, yep. I have lots of feelings about this. But you, how are you going to drink tap? How are you going to have boba yeah, without you're, plastic straws? Yeah, you're not, that's the that's the chief concern of the boba alliance. <laughs> I am. I should be a member because I am outraged. Also, fun fact: I have like a hundred boba straws in my house, so I'm just going to carry those with nice. me because <laughs> I would make it at home sometimes. Wow. Yeah. I was. I think I was on an internet date, and the You're woman pulled not out a, not a, a regular date a bamboo straw. Wow. And. I was like, like a oh, huh, wow, you really like you're you, you're prepared for this like straw best. And like eight different people walked up and were like, that is awesome. Where did you get that? I want one of those. This is great. I am not carrying a straw with me everywhere. Yeah. Also, I don't use straws very often. Yep. I don't drink a yep. lot of different kinds of beverages that involve straws. But still, I'm not. Dude, just let's... people were very excited about the bamboo straw. Like that was the like. It's like okay, say, fine. have Sorry, you used no, a paper is, straw? They're the fucking one. terrible. It's gross. They're bad. I hate them. I don't like drinking out of plastic, and I don't like consuming. So they're probably going to make straws out of uh, the corn that they make the plastic mm-hmm. biodegradable sure. forks and knives and utensils from, which is also really bad for the environment because we have a problem with monocropping corn in this fucking yep. country and that destroys topsoil. It's a whole thing. So like, you just eat the straw when you're done though? What if yes. the straw was made of tapioca? Like the hard kind of tapioca oh, like amazing. you ride go-karts on. <laughs> and then you eat the... It's part of the experience. Yeah, yeah. What, what Why don't you just use like Twizzlers? Wells. Oh, what? Oh my God. Every straw is a Twizzler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great for the Twizzler industry. What was the thing that you <laughs> the said? The Twizzler well. industry. Like the, the hollow cookie <laughs> thing. The hollow cookie? Is it not Perry Well? Is that not oh, the like Oh, Tim yeah, Tams yeah. Or whatever? No. no. Tim Tams is the Australian. <laughs> not not, not the thing where you have to like filter their cookies. Through their cookie. cookie. It's like a cookie version of a paper towel tube. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck uh, are you looks, talking about? It's thinner. It's thinner. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's they're Pepperidge Farm ones. It's it's like. I think it's like oh, a I know what you're talking about. Pirouel. Which yeah. is what I said. Kevin saying Pirouel and asking if that's. Been, <laughs> they're like cook. They're like crisp cookies. cookies. Almost. Okay. Yeah. I understand now. Yeah, I've, I have definitely seen some dessert-style beverages that use those as straws. Huh. Sure. I imagine probably I've for two minutes before they, before they disintegrate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just coat it with uh, stainless steel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or plastic. There you go. Yeah, nice, wholesome American plastic. Yeah. Like, let's. You could get like oh, a my... really long rigatoni. Okay. It'd be a little floppy. Uh, yeah, by the well, end of your... If you were drinking marinara sauce through it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Also, mm-hmm. in case I wasn't clear, I am pro doing things for the betterment of our planet, which we have destroyed. I just think yeah, this that we're not real... doing them systemically enough yeah. in... Uh... The straw thing is a real dumb no, irrelevant yeah. it's like taking off your shoes yeah. at the airport it, it it doesn't do anything useful for the environment it's <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah i was gonna my analogy would be changing your light bulbs but whatever 
That's, you know. Do you remember uh, An Inconvenient Truth? Yes. Remember how there's a whole list of things at the end that you could do to, like, make your life more green or whatever? Someone did a study that found that if everyone on the planet did those things, it would have, like, a 1% uh, benefit to like because it doesn't you have to do it institutionally it has yeah, to be done yeah. systemically it has to be done industrially like individuals make up a very small percentage of the, waste the thing that bothers me is the backlash against the i guess what is it lifestyle environmentalism is at least that that sort of creates an environment of awareness and if we get rid of that if people just just push posh it away i'm worried that we'll just go back to just rampant waste my problem with that is that um it's the the problem isn't that you do that right yeah. like the problem isn't that you is try the, to have zero waste that that's a big is, deal it's that you think that that's all that needs to be done oh, so you feel I like see. you've contributed by mm. you know recycling your plastic bag that can't actually re- downcycle right. anymore and changing your straws or whatever the fuck you're doing and then you don't think that you need to work on policy and systemic change right. and you know actually doing activism around it Okay. I, the some I saw, and this was just like some Twitter anecdote. I didn't actually see any data to back this up, but the contention that like of the plastic that is currently floating in the oceans, like ninety nine percent of it is from like industrialized fishing, and one percent of it is consumerized nets and fishing stuff. That there was a there was a giant sort of sea survey where they gathered a tremendous amount of the plastic mm. and then cat characterized it and about 50% is nets and other fishing stuff but about 50% of it is oh, 50% is consumer waste oh, well no. I don't know if it's consumer <laughs> how much waste, of it is straws is waste uh, a lot of it is larger plastic things that have broken into small plastic bits that ha- that are hard to categorize and, cl- and classify uh and that's actually much more of a problem because that is much harder to clean up is all the little bits because trying to collect a bunch of little bits of plastic from the ocean is rough. Let's use nets, and then when we're done, <laughs> yeah. we just leave throw, them there. Throw the nets be made just, of just run oh, the entire man. ocean through a big filter, you know, through a Brita filter. Yeah, just get the yeah. largest Brita. <laughs> Mount How did Brita. we start talking about straws? Oh, your internet date. Tapioca, tapioca, tapioca rider, tapioca rider. <laughs> which got to talking about uh, boba. All right, let's see what the next game that I played and what kind of uh, conversation <laughs> that'll that'll ensue. Uh, so I hope the, it's about anyway, Tapioca Rider is good. It's like it is a, really it's good. like it's kind a lot of, of fun. kind of like a physicsy excite bikey yeah. sort of thing, but with procedurally generated courses that I don't know if they're procedurally generated. I think they I are. Feel like they are seeded. Yeah, because he was he talked about stopping the scoring at a certain point because after that the levels stopped being interesting. And if he had made them on purpose, why would he have sure. said that or made them? Yeah, uh, but you have you have a couple of verbs. It's and it teaches you in a in a good way about what you can do. I I recommend it. It's fun. Uh, and then the last game that I played was Hiding Spot, which was a sort of game jam. Ludomare Ludum Cor- game. Yeah, Corey Martin, uh, which is a sort of like a three D Sokoban game where you are trying to deal with your anxiety by. Uh, sort of isolating yourself inside a single one by one cube area by pulling blocks around you. It's really, it's kind of adorable. I saw you playing it and I could not finish, I could not solve the third level. There are a couple of slightly weird interactions that you wouldn't expect to work. You can 
uh, while you're standing up. So, you, so one of the verbs you have is like being able to crouch down. But while you're standing up, if you are pulling on a block, if you pull it all the way towards you and you're up against a wall, you'll just duck down below it. Huh. Which allows you to create a little space that you might not otherwise be able to do. Um, and there's a couple other sort of strange things which become actual important mechanics what was the the ludum dare theme was like running out of room or something i don't know something like that did you try to make anything no i never the timing never works out and i'm lazy okay i should just try to make a quick basic game the next time there's a ludum dare yeah it'll be fast what have you been playing anita anything Uh, that you didn't already talk about uh, I think the last game I played at home was Guacamole 2, Can which I'm so what into. Guacamole is because I feel like I don't really know. I didn't. I didn't play the first one. It's a Metroidvania style platformer. Okay. Um, I'm into that. And yeah, it's it's so good. It is one of the few games these days that I want to like actually play and finish. Huh. Um, I loved the first one. Love the second one. It's the first one had all gender problems. There was like a damsel, um, mm. and you the know, whole there's some... works is pretty like appropriative too, right? Like it's so it's a bunch okay. of non, it's a bunch of white dudes making a game about Mexican wrestlers. Here's the thing: is on my podcast, I went off about how it was culturally appropriative, even though I love it, and then we got in this huge debate about like, can you like when what is the line of being critical of things and when is it contributing? poorly to society then i got an email from the creator who is mexican (laughs) and i was like fuck me um so no all right it is made by a dude who is mexican so yeah exactly (laughs) i like so we i'm gonna i haven't yet i this probably will come out before i do but um issue a correction and and um and i gotta say man he wrote me the nicest email it wasn't defensive i was like it was so gentle when I totally deserved to be yelled at. Like, and I would, I would accept that without a doubt. So, so yeah. Um, it, the art is absolutely beautiful. Um, it, it looks really good. And one of my, one of the things I love about it is that it, so the, the powers that you get, the different moveset that you have, um, some of them are both, um, combat moves and environmental moves. So the same like uppercut you would do to take out, um, a enemy, you'd also do to get to a higher platform, oh, nice. which is really fun. And then, um, it, the game also, I have a lot of opinions about, um, tutorial systems and when they work and when they don't and how they can be really exclusionary for new players. Mm-hmm. Um, this game walks you through without making it feel that way each of the the move sets and lets you like learn how to move in the world with them and lets you fight a bunch with them and and then it introduces the next one and then you combine the two and then it introduces the third one and then the fourth one and because it does it that way there's all these different areas in the world that you can only get through once you've learned the move that gets you through it so you're kind of going back and forth across the map all over and there's new things opening up do you in new you areas. acquire new moves yeah okay so you don't start with everything no you don't you start with very little and so that you know you have to get to the move to do the thing um and uh so one of the things that that in the second game that i think they're doing that's super fun like pretty early on is is messing with um dimensions so you you can control the dimensional change um but before you can actually control it they do this thing where there's like um 
<coughs> excuse me, horizontal bars of different dimensions that's just scrolling on the page. So they're either horizontal or vertical, and you have to platform in time to the dimension that has the platform. Oh, Does that make sense? Kind of. So like in one in one vertical that is moving, the platform doesn't exist. In the other one, it does. So you have to like jump from platform to platform and hook onto a thing and get over all oh. within the same, all within a certain within time. With a particular stripe of yeah. level. Huh. Yeah. And so there's another one. One of them was, so that there's a platforming part and then there's a, um, there is a, uh, a combat scene. So it locks you into combat moments pretty frequently. And they do that, except it's horizontal floating up. And so the enemies will like move up through the, de- like depending on when, when it okay. will move up through the platforms and move back down according to if they're on a platform they can stand on or not. And if they jump up onto the other one at the right time. So you actually have to time your play uh, and you can take them all out without ever touching them if you do it properly. Huh. So just like really, and this is pretty early in the game. And so every, every new world I encounter, I'm like, man, the level design on this shit is really imaginative and fun. That's cool. Yeah. So I've been really, really enjoying it. What are you playing it on? The PS4. Uh-huh. So I actually got really annoyed that it wasn't on Switch because I left town and I'm going to like, I haven't played it since I got back. I'm like, I bet you I've forgotten the entire the entire control scheme and have to relearn it. I hate, I hate stepping away from a game that has a complicated moveset and then trying to pick it back up because yeah, the first I, half hour is just flailing around. I'm very bad at that. And also, I'm really bad at playing two games or three games simultaneously. I can't keep all the movesets in my brain or the yeah. control schemes, which was really hard with doing tropes because we had to constantly be collecting footage. I, and I hate switching back and forth between Switch and the PS4 because the confirm and and oh the ab cancel are just backwards and it drives me yeah that too and i hate that's a nintendo thing right like it's so it's worse on xbox not worse but on xbox it's ab and on switch it's ab but the reverse so what you would do which is what you're saying it drives me fucking batty yeah yeah i don't like it either yeah why why did they have to do that they just wanted to be different everyone wants to be cool and unique i don't think i could draw a single controller with the buttons labeled in the right place. Like basically if there's a prompt on the screen to hit a button, I just hit all of them until the thing <laughs> happens. And then I remember, Oh, this button does that. And yeah. it just kind of doesn't matter that it told me anything. I played with the Xbox primarily for a really long time that whenever, and now I play with the PS4 a lot more that it just, the, I have to, I have to look at my controller a lot of the time to remember what the symbols uh, map onto. But Something somebody asked for kind of as like a throwaway comment on Twitter generically with RPGs was I want to be able to come back to a game four months later and hit a button and it's like, here's what you were in the middle of doing mm. and have like a recap thing. And I was like, that sounds really hard to do from the design point of view, but not impossible. And I wonder if that's something that we could tackle like in mm. our next I mean, I've seen I mean, that, and there are JRPGs that do it. Yeah? Yeah. Um, in fact, Is it done I well? I saw one just recently, and I can't remember which game it was. Because um, a lot of people ended up asking for like a, a journal, which we had which we had very early when we were developing. I think it would be would much more difficult in our game, which is extremely non-linear, than sure. it would be for yeah. like Final Part Fantasy VII. 
Right. Part of why we didn't have a journal in West of Loathing is because we couldn't figure out what it would be and how to tell what states various things were in. Like, there are a handful of things that basically just became like, oh, these are things that you said you would do that your partner will remind you about, but it wouldn't. I mean, just having those be a list of text in a book it felt like a waste of an entire interface. Element. Yeah. And, and just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I get, you know, people want it. We have to, you have to give the people what they want. That's, that's true. That's what I've learned. Do you? Don't do anything new. Don't do anything exciting <laughs> or innovative. Just give people exactly what they want. Yeah. And that's why we're all riding the world's fastest horse. That's right. <laughs> people are very good at knowing what they want. Exactly. That's what everyone always says. Sid Meier <laughs> says, a game is a series of foregone conclusions. <laughs> what, what about you, Zach? What are you I am trying to think if I have played anything new. It's In like, the past two weeks. Yeah. It's like Spelunky, Hearthstone, New York Times Crossword, Cinco Pouse. And then you just you go you go to bed and you wake Wait, up. What was the last thing you just said? Cinco Pouse. Uh, it's a Michael Bro game that's all in Portuguese for no good reason. And it's Wait, a, somebody's a, name is Michael Bro? B-R-O-U-G-H. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I was like, um, yeah. it's funny. Okay. Um, he's, you, a, yeah. he's a very sweet British man who makes very weird roguelike games, hmm. uh, mostly on the phone. Did you ever play 868 Hack by any chance? No. That might be the most accessible. Yeah, eight six eight hack is probably the. Oh, cool! I'll check it out. Um, it's they're good and weird. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, nothing new. It's I don't know what's wrong with me. Huh? Have other things to do, like build new stairs. I don't tend to. Well, I just had to sort of stand there, let them use my bathroom while they were building the stairs. Surprising is so much work. Extra five hundred dollars to rent a porta potty. Did you say you just watched them? I just had to watch them use my bathroom. That was my job during the construction. While the door was open. Yeah, yeah. I just stared at them. (laughs) Stared at them. Good. Uh, Uh, Would you not want them to use your bathroom? No, it's fine. I just needed to be there because I didn't trust them to have like the full run of my house without sure. me being. No, there. I just meant like they're they're like either we'll get a porta potty exactly. and you pay five hundred dollars for it, or we use your bathroom. Yeah, that, that was that was. The, I wonder if there were people like, no, you can't use my bathroom. I bet there are dirty if strangers. The porta potty costs five thousand dollars. Oh yeah, maybe maybe that's what he meant. Maybe he meant five thousand dollars and not five hundred dollars. <laughs> porta potty is an extremely lucrative. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think I don't tend to play a lot of new games when I'm traveling. Like everything that I played was part of like the, you know, something that I did play a bunch of that is very, very good and that I hope turns into a oh, real yeah. entire game uh, is a game that was being shown at the Seattle Indie Exchange, which was a, a sort of a PAX right. adjacent thing called Foul Damage, yeah. F O. WL damage, yep. which is just bad. It's a joke on fall damage, but you're an egg. So you're an egg. And Wait, I'm sorry. You don't like a pun? It's well, not, it's a bad pun. It's, it's a, like it's like a slant pun or sideways pun. Yeah, no, it's, it took work. a long time to figure out what it was supposed to be because okay, so typically you can use F O W L in place of F O U L to make a pun. If you're, it's like, oh, it's, this is gross, but it's about a chicken. You know, this was you're an egg, but foul damage. F O U L. That's not a phrase. So yeah, foul damage. So yeah, fall damage is the premise of the game. You are an egg. Uh, you have you can jump pretty high, but if you hit anything you, on the way you, up, you die. 
And if you land from your own jump, you die. Yeah. Like if you land at the level that you jumped from, you die. Yeah. Uh, and so it is about figuring out a way to traverse these levels by never falling very far and like only ever jumping up to a thing that was a platform that's near the apex of your jump. Um, and then they're like, they start to introduce like, here's a place where you can land safely because it's a curved surface. And so you'll roll. Uh, but it's very, very good. There were like, three levels that were maybe five or six screens to traverse each. And it was real, real satisfying. Um, and I hope it's one of those things where it's like, this is a pretty good concept to have come out of a game jam probably. And I hope that there is enough to do with it to make an entire game out of it, because I think that it would be really good if it was good. That's yeah. my hot take on that. <laughs> we also played some of, uh, our friend Seth Rosen, who uh, works out of our office with us now, uh, his game Nectar Vector, which I had just never, like, it had been described to me, but I had never played it. But have either of you played it? Mm -hmm. I saw it, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like you're flying around. Uh, it's sort of a kind of top down. It's sort of, you're flying around like the planes in combat for the Atari 2600, which everyone knows. And you're collecting these flowers, and then they trail out behind you like... And they slow you down. An arcade game that I really liked uh, as a kid that was like a top-down shmup where you, your power-ups were these little circles that would start to trail behind you. And then whenever you used the secondary attack, it would consume the nearest one to you for a specific special attack. I don't know the name of it, but it was cool. Anyway, you trail these flowers behind you, and you can consume the flowers to do little power-ups where you go real fast or slow other people down or knock the other flowers off of people. Uh, you can fly through somebody's line of flowers to like steal them and then you can drop flowers off on your side of the board to like pollinate your region and you get like a, a sort of an exponential growth scoring situation for if you if you drop off more flowers oh, the mo i did not know that that makes yes. a ton of sense why the scoring was not going up in the way that i expected it yeah. to <laughs> it is a real fun game it is yeah um, there's a lot of strategy to it it's it can be 1v1 or 2v2 Local multiplayer. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of local multiplayer, uh, so we never did talk about that Spelunky 2 gameplay trailer. Yeah. Uh, but we're not, uh, we shouldn't because what uh, our listeners should instead do listen is to listen to uh, uh, Nick Sutner and Zach Gage and Doug Wilson and fourth guy who I don't remember uh, made a Spelunky podcast that the first uh, episode came out last week where they go into detail about Nick's experience of playing Spelunky two at PAX. Uh, and it's, you, and you've listened to it. And I great. have listened to it and it is good. Yeah. Uh, sounds like Spelunky two is real good. I, uh, I did not elect to go play it because it was only playable with a controller and I did not want to play how do you play it? I play Spelunky with a keyboard. Mm. Yeah, which is he sets a keyboard up on top of a controller and then, <laughs> and then rotates it. it yeah, rocks it. Yeah. Uh -huh. well, I've, I've, it's a rock band keyboard <laughs> that I've wired up to. <laughs> it's like a challenge mode. <laughs> wow, can you imagine rock band with twenty six different tracks? Well, you know the I mean, that's new... kind of how it worked. What twenty six like keys on a keyboard? Yeah. Oh, like okay, I gotcha. Like you know the typing, new... it's like a typing tutor. Yeah. Guitar. I have one from a game that came out a few years ago. Like the updated version of it is actually like two track. It's not just four buttons. It's like two, two sides. Uh, what, how does Oh yeah. The new guitar, like a two by three grid of buttons. Yeah. Like yeah. it's like split in half. So there's like two different sides to the track on the guitar riff head Whoa. line head thing. That's I'm real musical. 
<laughs> the neck. The neck. The guitar riff head line head, I think, is what they call it. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what they call it. Anyways, that's the thing that happened that nobody cared about. Yeah, did, like I remember seeing that and thinking, oh, that looks pretty good. And then I don't know, what am I going to go I, to a store and buy a Guitar Hero game? I would game? be happy no. to donate this to you oh, yeah? when yeah. I pack okay. up all my shit. Um, I happen to be at an, an Activision studio doing a talk when that game came out. And they're like, yeah. would you like one? And I was like, all right. So that's how I got that. Uh, what platform? Collusion. That's what that is. <laughs> part, of that, part of that secret free free rock band instrument cabal. What uh, what platform is it for? I think I have it for the Xbox One. Rocksmith just uses a regular guitar. Yes. And you supply the guitar, right? Yes. Uh, why why isn't there more of that? Like, why isn't that the standard? Like, wh- is it? What's really just, hard? Is it really hard? Oh yeah. Okay. Like I don't, I don't know. How how does that work technologically? You get a uh, it comes with an adapter that is like a quarter inch plug that goes into the guitar and it converts it to USB. And then what? Seriously? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then it's just that's intense. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. I like I bought it uh, on the PC and I that's why I like. Can I? Can I then use it to control any other game? I don't actually know. I've oh, never tried. I've never man. tried just like fi- there's there's got to be some way to just like get the raw data coming over that USB. We've as a- got to support that for West of Just a guitar control. Yeah. yeah. All right. So good. Like if you play Smoke on the Water, he does a cool trick. <laughs> yep. Um, I might so, buy a guitar just for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you don't already have an electric guitar. I do not. I did at one point. I have a ukulele that I've also never used. Mm. I buy musical instruments and never use them. I've learned. Yeah, that's, that's a classic, classic move. Yeah. Books you don't read, ukuleles you don't play. It's like, what is that? What is the Japanese word for collecting books that you're never going to read? It's like toku. Do they have a word for that? Oh god, that's so good. Yeah, I can't remember the name. It's like something toku gaiu or tokudoku or something. That's why you need the life-changing magic of tidying up. That's true. Oh, to get rid of all those clothes you're not going to wear. I try. I sort of skimmed the part of that book that was about getting rid of stuff during a period of time when I was trying to get rid of a lot of stuff. And it is like 100% about getting rid of clothes. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, I don't fucking did. Like, like, I mean, isn't I'll throw the basic, away all of my clothes right now. <laughs> That's fine. Isn't the basic principle like keep the things that make you happy? Yeah. yeah. That bring you joy you hold it. Think about whether it immediately brings you joy or not. And if not, you throw it away. But, you know. Everything brings me joy. I, I think don't believe my, that. My at problem all. is that I am so full of joy all the time, like just a constant. It's like the universe is a radio. When I an try to describe you joy. to other people, mm-hmm. I say, "Man, Zach is just the most joyful." I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah. Should we talk about the assignment? The messenger. The messenger. Mm-hmm. So the messenger uh, is uh, a game about. A ninja. Yes. Uh, it's a. It's sort of a tribute to ninja Are you gating. guiding a ninja, ninja around? You're guiding a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> you're guiding him through a bunch of levels. Um, uh, did you say, did I say Gaiden and you made fun of me and said that it was Gaiden instead? Well, I made fun of you in that that is a thing that people make fun of people for. Not that I actually care that you said it wrong. I think you mean Gaiden. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what you're I mean. You're such a well actually <laughs> 
<laughs> with, with, with video game stuff. The So, yeah, this is a game. It reminds me a lot of Shovel Knight in terms of its, like, sort of ambition, which is, like, we're just making a Nintendo game mm. except with a higher frame rate. Um, and it's real good. It's The central mechanic is if you hit something with your sword, you get to jump again. It recharges your In jump. midair. Yeah, it's not quite as high as your full jump, but... It's like makes it so there's a lot of platforming puzzles that are just about like, you know, navigating a space where there's like guys on either side shooting fireballs at you and you have to like hit the fireballs in midair so that you can make it across to, you know, hit the next one and make it to the next platform. Um, it has this sort of turn about halfway through it where it suddenly switches to a 16 bit game and then you get to a point where you're starting to kind of transition back and forth between 8 bit and 16 bit graphics. Uh, How does that mid feel? Screen. I. Didn't get to that point. I got to the point where you become 16-bit, and then it was like hard enough that it was starting to take me several tries to get through most of the screens. I couldn't. And I kind of ran out of dragon time. boss fight. I think that is actually exactly where I stopped. Also yesterday, yeah, it's really hard. How far did you get into it, Riff? Uh, not very far at all. I couldn't get into it at all. <laughs> oh, it's it's. I mean. Lo- it was it was a foregone conclusion basically because a level based skill based platformer is my least favorite genre, but I I just I don't know the the movement felt weird to me and the the awkwardness of having to have an attack in between your double jump and I don't know getting stuck on getting stuck on walls from the grapple claw when trying to jump up a ledge and just uh, hmm. not not my thing. Did you like Ninja Gaiden? Gaiden. I don't think I ever played much of it at all. Ninja Gooden. I think I think there was um I think we had that in the local arcade, right? But I never played much. Oh, the arcade ninja ninja Gaiden was different. Yeah. It was more of a it was more like a brawler. Okay. Well I, in, in that in that case signs. I definitely haven't because that would be the only one I would have played. I mean, the the Nintendo Ninja Gaiden games were difficult. Um more, much more difficult than this, I think. But were they very vertical? Like, was there a lot of space to to jump and fall with like trees and platforms on the trees? Am I thinking? Of? You're thinking of the Legend of Cage. Legend of Cage. Okay. Um. <laughs> Thank you for schooling me on what I'm thinking of. Uh, yeah, I don't. I that, like. This game is good. I don't think I have a ton to say about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying it, but it's it's hard. It's super cool looking. I enjoyed watching a speed run of it. The writing is like fine. It's there were some like it's it's trying to be a little funnier than it actually achieves, I think, in a lot of cases. But there were some moments in the shopkeeper interactions where I actually, you know, I chuckled. I I would say did I you, did issued, you chuckle? I issued a chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I like that there's a lot of dialogue that you can opt into but it's yeah super optional yep a lot of like the the shopkeeper every level or like a couple times a level will just have like a story to tell you and then it's just like some fable and then you'll sort of comment on the fable and you'll go back and forth a little bit a hundred percent of the time that i try to exit the shop i accidentally open the upgrade screen again yep. something about the way that that menu works is just exactly backwards to my inclination of what my fingers want to do so that's Fix, fix that, guys. <laughs> we met, uh, one, we met like a producer. I think so. Yeah. On it. He had cool glasses. Sure. Um, it was at a loud bar. <laughs> yep. It was at their launch party. At- yeah. Um, 
because it was like Devolver put on this party, and yeah. you you got to go into the special upstairs I room did. where the cool people were allowed That's to be true. because you are a VIP. Because <laughs> I'm connected. I'm connected to you the are. industry. You're a nexus, I guess. You're what would Malcolm Gladwell call you? Uh, uh, Ke- Kevin, ten thousand hour. <laughs> Probably, you're probably right, Riff. Malcolm Gladwell would probably call him Kevin because he seems like a nice, <laughs> respectful guy. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's you know what we did not do is uh, choose an assignment for we next did. week. We, we did. did. Oh yeah, ago. right. We're doing Donut. We're gonna County. play Donut oh, County. Oh, yeah. Oh, I played that. That's yeah. wow. I forgot I played that. Spoiler: Donut expects me to like it very much. <laughs> You'll have to give it it's some more tries. Charming. It's it is very charming. charming. Yeah. I uh, oh, I guess you're gonna talk about it next week. Yeah. I only played it a little bit, but I I started. Uh, we played it while we were live streaming, and um, I sort of zoned out into it, like I did with um everything, which is not a good oh, thing yeah. to do when you're live streaming and trying to entertain an audience. But like, it does have that little bit of like zoning out feeling to it. Which did I it remind liked. you at all of Katamari? Yeah. Um. I understand the comparison. Okay. Because um, it's like sort of fundamentally about g- consuming a small thing to get big enough to yeah. consume a bigger thing to get big enough to consume a bigger thing. Yeah. Which, honestly, that's kind of what life is. Right? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that c- cartoon about a fish. Sure. <laughs> life or is the, a cartoon about a fish. The, 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 the lady who swallowed a fly. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Kind of. You just making shit up, or is this real? <laughs> kind of. All right, just checking. I never you, know with you. You two. haven't heard the there was an old woman who swallowed a fly. Didn't she live in a boot? That's a different old woman. <laughs> oh, there's might have been. Old woman. Is there only one she old woman? Just the 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 Jungian crone. <laughs> yeah. Star. I just always. She her. lives in a boot. She swallowed a fly, and she has a hundred cats. It's okay, a, right. it's a Canadian boat, right? Shut up. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it took me a minute. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, lots of old women live in boats in Canada. It's, yeah. not, it's not weird. Mm-hmm. It's a, There's a lot perfect, of islands. And perfectly acceptable lifestyle. Sounds. Funny. Oh, yeah. God, I wish you would make fewer sounds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just kidding. That, okay. So that was episode 300. Yeah, that was a uh, guy's fat 44. Had, Wait, how uh, many episodes? 344. Holy, you've been right. doing this 344 times? Yeah. And yeah. people still listen? It, yet it has not Amazing. ever been any better than this. <laughs> You're down to two listeners. Yeah. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Mom. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> where, where can people find you? What are you, what are you up to? I heard, I heard you have a book out. I do. Um, I have a book coming out October 2nd called History Versus Women, The Defiant Lives That They Don't Want You to Know about... Uh, women who've been written out of history. You can pre-order it now at historyversuswomen.com. That's V-S, not V-E-R-S-U-S. Oh, okay. Did I spell that right? So not, Whatever. You'll like figure it out. historical songs about women. There's no other book called History When you're saying women. the thing it's not, it doesn't matter if you spell it right. So that's the <laughs> exactly. advantage of Good point. <laughs> um, you can also check out our podcast. Uh, it's Feminist Frequency Radio on all of the podcatchers where we talk about pop culture, new and old, from a feminist perspective. This was such delight. I'm glad you asked me to do this like an hour ago. <laughs> I'm glad Jim's not here. <laughs> I'll have to I'm not really glad Jim's not here. I'm very happy for Jim that he had a cool baby. I'm guessing the baby's going to be cool. Don't I'm, you think? The baby's going to be shitting and sleeping and for eating while. for a that while. Sounds so, pretty like, cool. I'm just saying it's not a bad life. 
Yeah, I mean, I like I you keep everyone yeah, up all the, the time. I love it. That's definitely cool. Exactly. You know, I do the baby that doesn't again. really, you know, the baby doesn't really have a lot of points of comparison, right? Last he knew, he was just floating in amniotic fluid. Unless you're Brad Pitt in Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Button. I don't know, whatever. That was not. I forget how that starts and ends. And now I'm curious. It doesn't it end. It ends as a child, as a baby, and it begins as an old man. Yeah. But like, but the size thing, I don't, it was not good is what that was. That was not a good film. It's a good way to, it's like a good thing to be able to reference when you're right. talking about something being backwards. Right. That's the only benefit of that. It's like Inception. Mm-hmm. You, you can say, oh, it's like Merlin. In the, it's like the Merlin in the Once and Future King, but nobody knows what the fuck you're talking about. No. So then you say Benjamin Button and everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Well, that was delightful. Anyway, this has been a fantastic episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> Good night. Have a great week, everybody.